Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ed Maher from the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150, and joining me today is Phil Davidson from the Mid-America Carpenters Union. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. How nice are you to doing see you, today? Ed. Very, very well. Happy Lollapalooza. Yeah, right? I mean, it's uh, the city's been a zoo the last couple of days, but it's good to see happy people. Great, great people watching. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those those things that kind of snags up traffic and whatever. But on a Sunday morning, it's not too bad. No, and it's great for the economy. It's great. Uh, people have a lot of fun this time of year. Yeah, it's uh, like I always say, it's good to see happy people. So uh, I don't uh, I don't grumble too much about the crowd. No, what am I complain about? Kids running around being idiots. Like yeah. who, who hasn't gone through that period in their life, right? Not me. I no, I, ne- never happened to me. <laughs> Certainly not Ken. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, <laughs> you raise a good point. Uh, you know, Ken's not here today. So where is Ken? Do you know where Ken is? I'm not sure where he is. Uh, I don't know. That's the new game now. Where's yeah. Waldo? Where's Ken? Where's Ken? He's likely fishing, right? Is that his? He could be fishing. Okay. He could be. Uh, you know, I know he was at a, a rodeo fantasy camp earlier in the year, so he might have. <laughs> you know, he might be doing like round two of that so we'll see but if anybody is out and they see ken uh put a message on our facebook page or something like that because we're looking for him and if ken if you're listening you know we just uh we miss you right? we miss you man i did not know that he'd taken up rodeoing you know it's a weird hobby for a guy like ken but he's a he's a renaissance man as <laughs> a guy from queens yeah, all right got it yeah so um so what do you got going on i mean it's uh getting down to the sort of the hottest days of summer right now it feels like the summer is flying by yeah um i know wow school's about to start pretty soon yeah um that's always a fun time of year summer picnics and stuff like that summer picnics we've got a meeting um next week with the carpenters meeting with all of our delegates and reps um always a good time do this a couple times a year yeah just go over kind of state of the union what's going on with work what's going on with our benefit funds just to keep all keep people up to speed yeah and i know you guys have one as well yeah we have yeah. our we have a, a family picnic uh later on today in a couple of hours after i leave here i'm going to be heading straight there uh it's down in wilmington at our training center and it's around ten thousand people usually show up for it it's our big summer family picnic it's wow. a great tool for new members for um you know folks that we're looking at organizing we kind of show them the the size and scope it's all free you know it's free food we have carnival rides all that kind of stuff so yeah it's, it's fantastic uh, yeah, it's awesome. Another Maybe. reason to join a union. Just a free just, picnic. Just the, the community aspect of it. You get yeah. to hang out with like-minded people, have a good time. Everything's provided by the union. Families come, right? I'm yeah. sure there's activities oh, for kids. For and, sure. Yeah. And, and it's a great recruitment tool because um, there's heavy equipment. Our members, of course, operate heavy construction equipment. So there's heavy equipment everywhere. So dads can take their, uh, or moms, can take their kids out and have them show sit them in their lap do. and just show them what they do every day, yeah. run them through the different pieces of equipment. And uh, it's a very, very cool thing. It's nice to see, uh, you know, younger people, they get that kind of spark in their eye, like, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm, and, and who doesn't love playing around on heavy equipment? Everybody. Right. Is you guys, Is it pretty much a fun event, or do you guys talk shop at all while no, you're it's, there? Okay. It's, it's all about fun. You Got know, it. We have bands and, you know, free food and face painting and pony rides and all that kind of stuff. Can I crash? Uh, sorry, pal. Can't Damn do it. it. I, right. You know, I'd love love to help you out, but it just gave away my last pass. So. Okay, let's see if I can get a permit or something. Maybe next year. <laughs> okay. you know, play your cards right. <laughs> so, um, have you seen Oppenheimer? I think I'm the only person who has it. Oh but, my goodness! Uh, it's on my list. All my movie watching is stuck on Disney right now because I have young 
kids, but uh, I remember those days. Yes, yeah, no. I can tell days. you everything about Moana and Frozen and Frozen Two and everything else that's streaming on Disney. But I already know everything. Yes, about all those yeah, movies. You're, those are kind of old. I can't remember <laughs> the new ones, but uh, yeah, I, everyone says it's fantastic, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I was uh, I went to see it when it first came out, and then uh, the guys who uh, who filmed the show they're going back, I think, for round two of it, but. Um, I've I've just been hearing so much about this movie, and people are still talking about it a few weeks after it's been out. Uh, it's a great movie, first off. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. Um, but uh, one of the things that was sort of touched on in the movie that uh, I didn't, uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more about, and it's not a spoiler alert, um, is, uh, you know, Robert Oppenheimer, J. Robert Oppenheimer, was a very, very active uh, labor guy when he first started teaching out at Berkeley, he started the first um, the first teachers union out there and had the meetings at his house and was, you know, just a really, really, really big union guy. And I read the book earlier this year, uh, American Prometheus, that the movie was based on, and they didn't really touch on it too much in the movie. They mentioned it a couple times, but yeah. it was one of my favorite parts of the book, you know, being a union guy and just seeing you know this this brilliant brilliant guy and he was all about it and just fighting to get really? everybody and, involved and and there was no teachers union at berkeley prior to him yeah i don't think so wow yeah he set it up for the faculty for the uh, adjunct professors and uh it wasn't the most popular thing with the university or with uh, some of his colleagues but yeah he was trying to lift people up and that was that was the whole thing so That's one great. more reason to like the man uh you know who created the atomic bomb <laughs> yes he was <laughs> He was a complicated man. <laughs> yes, he uh, was. That's, you, you certainly leave the theater thinking that, but uh, but that was a really cool movie. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But Robert Oppenheimer, not only a, a, a bomb inventor, but uh, a, a labor man. Yeah, so. a true unionist. Um, and that's, I know from my wife's experience, who works in higher education as an organizer with her union, like, those aren't the easiest people to rope in. Uh, no. Especially, you know, high school teachers... It, everyone's usually on the same page. I mean, you'll have a, a few people who are, you know, the Janus people, but um, there's a lot more engagement with them. But when you get into colleges and university professors, associate professors, it's hard to find a collective voice for all of them. And uh, so, yeah, he is working out for him, and it's impressive that he was doing that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, to your point, I think that uh, teachers' unions, it's very interesting, especially when you get into you know, uh, university educators and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. People are experts in everything fields. And <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes people who are experts at one thing can right. maybe start to think that there's probably a labor expert who's like, well, this is not how you actually run an organizing campaign. You know, you're like, all right, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've met a few hundred of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Oppenheimer crew, they were at uh, premiere in London when the street screen actor guild strike first started and they walked they out of the walked premiere out. together, yeah. which I thought was cool. Even the director, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one. Um, speaking of which, and the, they're not the directors do have a contract, right? The Directors yeah. Guild does have a contract. That was yeah. uh, all three: the writers, the actors, and the directors were all uh, going to be expiring right around the same time. And I had hoped to see the directors kind of hold firm, but uh, I read a lot about it, and it seems like the directors are sort of the uh, ultimate company union because, like Steven Spielberg, he's got a lot of power, but. The directors who are not Steven Spielberg, who want to try to be Steven Spielberg, they tell the studio like, "Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking." Then the studio's not going to give them a job. They right, probably, and a lot of them are producers, right? Slash directors. So yeah, yeah. They, they they straddle both sides of the fence. It's still pretty weak though, because I mean, 
every writer, every actor is up against the very same thing. Yeah. You tell a studio you're walking and they may never hire you again. It's just a reality that you have to deal with. But right. for whatever reason, directors are, uh, you know, they're not into it. So Yeah. But the actors, from what I was reading, are really driving this because the screenwriters are really never happy because they are always getting screwed. <laughs> especially it's true. By the system. I mean, especially in, in movies, you know, some screenwriters aren't even invited to the set when they're right. making a movie. They're like, get right. away. They, like, they put them in a little conference room for exactly. a couple of weeks, write the show, and then you're out of Yeah, again. and then there's rewrites. So yeah, so you're, you're really at the bottom of the ladder there. Um, and traditionally, they've always, you know, because they're so mistreated, they, they've been the ones that have fought real hard for new contracts. Right. And actors have usually gone along with the producers guild. Uh, and now that's changed with everything with mm-hmm. the actors joining the, the picket line and making everything difficult. So now it's, it's really given some teeth to the writer's strike, not the actors along with them. For sure. And, yeah. and the actors, I mean, I, I went to one of their events a couple of weeks ago down by Buckingham Fountain and I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but they had given a number. You have to work a certain amount to qualify for health care uh, from the Screen Actors Guild. Yep. And it's basically working, uh, say, like a 1,000 hours maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that number might be off, but it's less than you would think. And only like a quarter of uh, actors can qualify. So the vast majority of screen actors, you think of really wealthy people. No. They're not. They're no. just folks that are this, fighting for a day or two of work here or there. And that's what they're essentially fighting for. They're They're fighting for working actors being able to make a living right and that profession is in danger of being obsolete well right one of the people that was out there and they said that this is a a, a huge piece of what they're fighting about is you can um what the studios are trying to do right now is pay someone for half a day's work and then kind of capture their likeness Mm -hmm. and get like ai and use their likeness for for in between scenes and stuff and yeah that's insane. Yeah. Take a, you know, give me four hours pay and then never talk to me again and use me like a digitized version of me. Not that anyone's really looking for a digitized version of Ed Maher. Maybe you are. If you are, give me a call. Do you have your uh, fans out there? Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that one stalker. Yeah, well, I try to, you know, I'm not talking to her anymore. Yes. Um, but uh, to the point that we're making where these actors, not all of these actors are, um, are, are millionaires. The ones who are, are actually stepping up and putting their money where their mouth is. Um, about a week ago, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, they didn't say how much money he gave, but SAG-AFTRA runs a foundation, aptly named the SAG-AFTRA Foundation, and it helps actors pay for rent, food, medical bills, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just basic needs while they're on strike. So uh, The Rock had given a seven-figure sum to, uh, to this foundation, and then over the course of the past week, George Clooney and Meryl Streep uh, both gave a million dollars each, and they started working the phones to try to get other A-list actors really? to get on this boat, boat of giving a million dollars. So they had gotten like 12 or 13 other people, Leonardo DiCaprio, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, let me think. There were a handful of uh, Matt Damon, I want to say, but there were a whole bunch of actors who've all just said we're giving, you know, going to put in a million dollars to help these folks kind of That's great. get by while uh, while we're on strike. So, so it's basically going to be a strike fund for exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, local one hundred and fifty, the operating engineers, we have a strike fund mm-hmm. um, to help pay people a little something. It's not as much as you'd get while working for sure, but it helps uh, helps get by. So yeah, um, no, I, I love that idea. I'm glad they're seeing them doing that. George Clooney's a great guy to be friends with. I found out he. When he sold his tequila company, you yeah. see that he gave all of his buddies like he 
brought 12 of his best friends over dinner and he gave each of them a suitcase with a million dollars in it. That's amazing. <laughs> well, he made a billion dollars on that. Yeah, so yeah, deal. he's got some money floating around, right? Yeah. Right. It's interesting because, like, Jimmy Buffett, you remember how you see sometimes that Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville, Margarita Maker, like yeah. the blender? Yeah. Jimmy Buffett. <sighs> You know, he's made a lot of money touring. He Uh-oh. made more money on that blender <laughs> oh than he did on all of his concerts, all of his albums. It's like the Foreman Grill. The Foreman, yeah, right? Yeah, I forget yeah. who, who was uh, in line to get the Foreman. Hulk Hogan. That's right. Yeah. He turned it down. Yeah, turned and it George down. Foreman's yeah. just like, you know, the George Foreman Grill. It doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but know. I love that thing. That's, I had like 10 of them in college, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we had like a, a five-star kitchen, which was basically four Foremans just lined up, <laughs> you know. But uh, I think at any given time, two of them were probably clean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a lot to talk about. There's uh, there's some interesting things going on at the Carpenters yeah. uh, that uh, you're going to bring us up to speed on. And then uh, a whole bunch of interesting things in the news, especially about uh, the, the number of strikes that are going on across the country and some of the Seems success. like they're everywhere, man. Everywhere. Every time I... Click on New York Times, any sort of news website, it's just like, news strike happening. And like, yeah, it's fantastic. All this stuff that you really hadn't heard a lot about over the last five, ten years is just, it's back in the forefront. It's exciting times. Well, there's a lot of numbers that back up what you're saying. It's it's sort of unprecedented in modern times, but uh, we'll get into that. We've got to take a quick break, and we will be back with you with more Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers Mike right here on WGN 720. It's Ed Maher. I'm here with Phil Davidson. And uh, if you were with us for the uh, initial segment, we're catching up a little bit on some of the things that are going on. Uh, the actors' strike. We didn't mention that they actually met on Friday, uh, or that was the writers that met uh, on Friday. First negotiations they've had in months. Uh, yeah. So. Hopefully this uh, this will kind of speed things along and bring all of this to a conclusion that works for all these uh, yeah. for all these men and women. Jar something loose here. Looking to make an uh, an honest buck. So um, I was reading something the other day. The BBC British Broadcasting Company has made it official. The Great Resignation is over. You know, it was this period of time the last couple of years where more folks were resigning from their jobs, and there were just more opportunities during COVID to go make more money somewhere else. Employers were desperate for skilled people, so they were paying more, offering you know tuition reimbursement, bonuses, whatever. So right. everybody was kind of playing musical chairs with their jobs. Yeah. And it's over. Holding on for the best deal. Yeah, yeah so now we're back to 2019 levels. Um, is that gl- on a global scale, or is that looking at... So the U- numbers yeah. are uh, are based on uh, stats from the U.S. DOL, the United oh, States Department okay. of Labor. So it's American, um, and it's just a number based on resignation. So we're back to 2019 and uh, so, you know, workers are, or employers are probably a little bit less likely to be offering some of these perks. And again, that's why uh, having representation, having a union to fight for you is so important, you know, now more than ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can speak to that a little bit. At the Carpers Union, we've got a new program in place where we are offering day one health insurance for residential carpenters, um, be they journeymen or apprentices. There's a couple of different programs, but they all are working towards the same goal. And um, as you know, for most, you know, if, if whether or not you're working in the private sector or public sector, typically when you get hired, there's mm-hmm. a waiting period right. before you get your health insurance. And um, certainly in the non-union world, I mean, when there is, uh, sometimes there is employer-provided health insurance. A lot of times there isn't, mm-hmm. but um, it's not 
the Cadillac plans that uh, our members receive, and you do. You have to wait three months, sometimes six months, even longer. Right. So, yeah, we've got a, a new incentive program where we uh, set aside some resources to provide that. So basically we're telling anyone that we meet when we go out on job sites for the non-union guys, saying, like, look, come join us, and we will provide you health care the day tomorrow. Like, sign the contract, you're in, you get mm-hmm. your health insurance. And that's such a big incentive to people. For sure. Especially if you've got a family, especially if you have young children on your plan. You know, like, you can't pay those bills. You can't make those ends meet if you don't have a really good health insurance program. So um, that's been bearing some good fruit for us right now. We'll, uh, you know, it just started. So yeah. we'll see how that goes uh, in the coming months. But something we're all pretty excited about. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because anybody who's ever tried to organize in the labor world, you can find, let's say you work for a union where the members make, you know, $40 an hour mm-hmm. just on the check, not including benefits, 40 bucks an hour. You can find somebody that does that kind of work who's working non-union for $15 an hour. You can show them the contract and say, I can put you to work tomorrow for $40 an hour. You'll more than double your pay. Um, And people are just kind of like, no. I mean, folks are a lot of times scared to take that leap. And it can be frustrating when you're just saying, like, look at the the money. This can make a huge difference in your your family's life and, um, you know, keeping your family healthy, keeping food on the table. Um, but it is it is a challenge sometimes to get folks to to take that leap. Um, but uh, that's with any union, I always say that our members are our best organizers because we have folks that we've organized uh, who were against joining a union or who were skeptical about it and who were quickly turned to become some of our biggest organizers and yeah. uh, are now retiring with pensions. And it's and that's when you have to get to their significant others as well and say, like, this is what your husband and or wife uh, yeah. is missing out on by not joining. And then they're like, what the hell are you doing? You know, and they slap them side of the head. Go join the union now. So, well, it's true. We, yeah. We've done that. I mean, we've, we've sent mailers, uh, and it's not always the most popular thing, but we've sent mailers to uh, spouses we have and to, households, yeah. too, because... Yeah. You know, very often it's the spouses who are taking care of the medical bills Correct. and mailing out the the checks. Or I don't know if people use checks anymore. You use checks? I, haven't, I don't even have a checkbook. Uh, some yeah, we still do some checks sometimes. Yeah. Um, the, I know at the union, some members prefer a check for different vacation funds. Maybe right. keep that quiet from the other significant what, other. What vacation funds? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, but uh, yes, no, not, not too much anymore. So spouses are often the ones that are kind of uh, handling things on the home front. Yep. And, you know, if they say, oh, you could be making, you know, almost triple what you're making <laughs> now, and uh, you haven't mentioned this to me, why? Uh, you know, you like have to explain said, it to do. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. the, uh, the the fellows don't appreciate that. But, right. um you know, it takes a it takes a, a strong woman uh, sometimes to uh, to help open the eyes. So, amen. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got to take a quick break, but stay with us. We're going to get into some of these uh, strike stats from 2023 when we come back. Right here, it's Ed Maher and Phil Davidson with the Workers' Mike here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to the Workers' Mic on WGN. I'm Phil Davidson from the Mid-America Carpenters Union, here with Ed Maher from Local 150 Operating Engineers. And Ed, you were telling me that you've seen a lot of stats about this has been one of the hottest months for strikes in a long time. Yeah, the I think it was uh, the New York Times or maybe it was the Washington Post said that July of 2023 was... Uh, the busiest month for labor strikes in America in the last 30 years. Really? Yeah. So um, in addition to the actors and writers, you've got baristas, 
um, even lawyers. Um, there's an, a labor and employment law firm they're trying to organize, and I think they're threatening to go on strike. Really? Good um, for them. So, yeah, they're, uh, so far this year, through half of the year, 320,000 workers have gone on strike in America. Um, and that doesn't even count UPS. UPS would have been, I think, another 340,000. 350, yeah, somewhere so on there, that yeah. Would have, uh, that would have been a real game changer. Uh, People but, are mad as hell. They're not taking it anymore. Well, yeah, yeah, UPS especially. I mean, they they threatened to strike. They were ready. Yeah. Uh, they were having practice pickets and all that. And oh, yeah. uh, they got uh, the biggest wage gains that they've had in decades. So yep. um, clearly it works. And uh, one uh, story of success that I didn't even know about until uh, a couple of days ago was with American Airlines, the pilots. So United, in mid-July, ratified an agreement for pilots that would give wage raises and benefit raises up to uh, as high as 40% Mm -hmm. for pilots. And at the same time, the American Airlines pilots are negotiating. They see this going on with United. Their offers are nowhere near this. We want a piece of that pie. Right. So they said, we're not even going to consider. We're not going to vote on any offer until we get at least what the United pilots got. And, uh, you know, everyone, of course, immediately is like, well, that's not how this works. But a couple weeks later, fast forward, American Airlines pilots got it. They got it. So clearly it works. Strikes work. And we, we say that all the time on the show. It's not something to undertake lightly, but... Um, especially pilots. I mean, who wants to nickel and dime a pilot? If you're out there and you're saying that's too much money, yeah, I don't know. Give me the highly paid pilot. You can fly with the pilot who's making 14 bucks an hour. Yeah, and Spirit or whatever. Oh, can we say that? Uh, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Spirit, <laughs> they're, Phil. They're a great airline, too. If you pay $10, you get the big seat. <laughs> no, that's, and that's what they call it, the big seat. That's true. First class, business class, you know, no, no, the big seat. <laughs> the big seat. Yeah. I wonder if their pilots are you nice. Probably, I don't know. Probably yeah. not, but yeah. who knows? I mean, <laughs> Spirit, though, have you ever flown on Spirit or tried to like price? You know out what? I should take that back. I've actually never flown on Spirit, so I'm I haven't. I'm, I'm stereotyping right. there. I flew on it once, and okay. I didn't have to take a bag with me, so it was easy. And I paid extra for the big seat, um, but ten bucks. Yeah, when you pay, uh, when you do that, you have to pay to pick a seat. You have to pay to print a boarding <laughs> pass. I mean, every step in the process, you pay you're, extra for you're it. paying like an extra five or ten dollars, and when you get to the end of it. It costs about the same as what you were going to spend. <laughs> so on. Normally, you know, spend just, on another. It was like microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, you had to spend it individually on each little thing. So uh, I usually just kind of avoid it. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just a little bit of a hassle. But uh, that's hilarious. But anyway, Spirit Pilots, if you're out there listening, you guys should uh, yeah. unionize if you haven't already. There's yeah, and I mean, I think this year was some. Uh, you know, we're we're back to, certainly back to the pre-pandemic levels, but more people in like the last couple of years have flown and over like any time in like since the invention of the airplane i mean everyone's people had a lot of money and everyone's looking to get out especially being holed up in their house for the last couple of years for right? sure. i think people got a whole new appreciation for leaving the house yes. and you know going and seeing places so when, yeah when there was not an option everyone said when when i can travel i'm going to travel and uh, a lot of it really was fueled interestingly enough by uh young people just people who are fresh out of college because during the pandemic uh student loan payments were frozen so you're talking about Millions of people who all of a sudden have, you know, Disposable a, fi- a 500 to $1,000 monthly bill that they don't have to pay. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot of, you know, 20-somethings that were traveling the world, and it's like, how how are you doing this? And then, uh, you know, come to find out, uh, well, it was because these Makes student sense. loans yeah. were frozen. So Yeah. So, yeah, the uh, point being that the airlines are flush. And right. they can pay these pilots. Absolutely. And when you see uh, things like, I know Southwest has had a lot of problems um, lately. United had some issues too, but when there are big storms and it interferes with uh, you know connecting flights and all that, you'll wind up with a whole city full of stuck travelers for a weekend and people will get their flights rescheduled for you know a week from tomorrow and 
having enough pilots. Been through that recently. Painful. It's, ter- yeah. it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I've slept in a couple of airports and uh, I don't have a favorite. They were all terrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, when it comes to pilots, you want to have enough and you want to know that the ones that you have are good. So take care of them. Make sure they're happy. You don't want a pilot who's uh, showing up to work in the morning. He's been out late working all night just to make ends meet. Doesn't go well. No, no. I want that guy bright eyed and bushy tailed for That's sure. Exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me think. There was a, uh, was it the, oh, the uh, Art Institute? Yeah, the Art yeah. Institute. That yeah. was big news. They just announced. It just happened. Right. They just announced that they came to agreements. Uh, the employees there, which I believe the union covers curators, librarians, the the gamut over there. Yeah, even the gift shop. Uh, even the gift employees. shop, right? And their uh, affiliate of AFSME, and they just uh, came to an agreement. So uh, that's huge. Um, it's been, what, like a, a year plus in the making? For sure. Uh, that they've been negotiating. So uh, nice to see uh, a win from our uh, our friends at the local level here in Chicago. Yeah, I uh, think it was 14 months. Are um, they the first museum to... You know what? I don't know. I know Field Museum is currently in the process. I think yeah. the Museum of Science and Industry is in yeah. the process. And they have all formed these groups of, uh, you know, the Workers United groups. Um, but it is great to see that it's working. Um, you know, they, they were out for 14 months. Or they were in the process for 14 months. And at times there wasn't a lot of progress. And as an employee, you start this process out and it's like, we're going to see results. We're going to get this quick. 14 months. I mean, halfway through that, you're starting to wonder if this is going to work and employers are starting to mess with you. So, you know, kudos, a lot of credit to all those employees who who stuck it out. And, uh, you know, I I haven't seen the terms of that contract because uh, they're just scheduling ratification meetings right now. They have a tentative agreement with the museum um, and they're just going to put it out to their members for a vote. But I hope they uh, I hope they got, you know, a good deal. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, a feel good story. See, they finally come to be. Yeah, I've started to hear the UAW is talking about um, potential strikes as soon as uh, September um, because they, I guess they, the UAW, all the auto manufacturer workers have uh, have started having like tiered workforces where yeah. anybody who started after such and such a date makes half as much money. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem because you just start laying off all the older employees and you just all of a sudden turn your workforce into like a young underpaid workforce. Yeah. Um, so they're they're wise to it. And they're trying to fight back, and uh, I don't know exactly where they're at in the process, but I want to say their contract ends um, sometime in September because this is something that's kind of coming down the pike and starting to starting to attract a lot of attention. Really? Um, yeah, UAW that would be a big one, but I've got to think that the amount of demand for new cars uh, there are still American manufacturers that are charging above MSRP. If you if you've tried to buy a car recently. It's not fun. No. There's no haggling. It's come down a little bit. I think last year was just the wild, wild west. Right. It was a great time to sell a car. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I still it, it's still above market value. And um, I think the other issue that UAW has is with the electric cars and right. n- not nearly as many components and mm-hmm. taking work uh, away from them and obviously everything that comes overseas um, that's imported, all the different batteries and mm-hmm. um, that you need to operate electric cars is cutting into their work and obviously there's some un- unhappiness about that so we got to make sure that they're they're taken care of especially you know in a evolving world where the technology is changing and more people For are sure. driving electric cars and yeah well some of these federal infrastructure and uh, and green energy bills are offering some enormous incentives to to build this technology in america and yep. so we're starting to see more and more of that and uh, over in uh, New Carlisle, Indiana, which is right outside of South Bend, they're going to build a, a factory. It's a partnership of General Motors and LG Electronics. It's a company called Ultium. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear this, about this one. So this factory is... LG's 
Japan? German, I think. Oh, they are? I think so. I thought they were Asian. Okay. I might be wrong. Okay. Um, it happens very, very often, but I think it's German. Anyhow. They make TVs, right? L- oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So LG and GM have partnered on battery technology, and uh, it's for all these GM cars. This factory is going to be over by South Bend. They're going to start construction before the end of this year, and it's going to be a $3.5 billion project. Wow. And it's going to receive subsidies and incentives from uh, some of this federal legislation. And that ensures that all the construction work that's done on it is done uh, you know, at prevailing, prevailing wage, wage levels, which isn't standards. something you see a ton of these big you know, funding bills. So kudos to the administration in Washington for looking out for workers. No matter what party you're in, that is a good thing. Yeah. Making sure that people who are working on these big taxpayer-funded projects are making a good living, that is a good thing. Um, but the the employees who work at other facilities for this company, Ultium, are complaining um, because they are generally paid around 16 to $17 an hour making batteries. It's a pretty hazardous job. And Absolutely. They're, and they're going into, car, uh, into uh, GM cars. And so they're basically making about half of what uh, GM, you know, UAW members are are making and so they're they're upset because the uh the companies are not willing to sort of like lump them in with the other manufacturing workers so it's this whole emerging industry where they're being paid about half as much so it's like hey washington if you're going to look out for the workers who are building this building look out for the workers who are going to be inside of it yeah you know working with i don't know i don't know what's in batteries lithium ions i mean who knows it sounds like a pretty hazardous job. We'll say lithium, sure. Yeah, Why not? I'm pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely we're nodding lithium our heads. Ions, yeah. You can't see it on the radio, but we were both <laughs> nodding our heads. Um, Are they being organized, these workers? I think so. Yeah, machinists yeah. maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've got to look into it. I'll follow up on that, that next that, week. You're right. I mean, that's minimum wage for a component that is going to be worth trillions of dollars. I mean, right. everything is going to be on lithium batteries in the next 20, 30 years with electric cars. Um, absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, a lot of European manufacturers have stopped research and development on combustion engines. Yep. They're just moving to all-electric cars. I mean, companies like Audi are not going to make uh, gas-powered engines anymore. Um, so I did see that, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. There's an all-electric Ford Bronco now, right? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And Mustang, I believe. There's yeah. An electric Mustang. The Mach-E. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it looks kind of funny. It but does. It, it gets really good reviews. I know. Ford is, they're, they're all in on electric vehicles. Yeah, the Lightning, the, uh, the pickup truck. I oh, was yeah, the, skeptical yeah, the about lightning, that, but right. that thing is a beast. Is it? Yeah, cool. yeah. I've uh, a guy that I uh, one of our contractors drives one, and uh, it's uh, it's it's beautiful. So I mean, this is the way of the future, exactly. And these workers should be compensated uh, with the value you know that they're adding. They're you know you're not going to be able to build a car anymore without a battery. So the people building the batteries should uh, should make a couple bucks. I mean, we're insourcing, we're bringing these jobs back to American shores, and we should pay people uh, you know what American workers should be paid. Yeah, give so. people a blue collar wage that allows them to join the middle class i mean yeah. it's pretty simple still the american dream folks yeah. so bring it back all right well we've got to take a quick break we'll be back with you right after this right here on 720 wgn you're listening to the workers mic powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by megan financial premise health and voya financial Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic, right here on 720 WGN. That's 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher, and I'm here with Phil Davidson. And uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, a lot of different things today, Phil. It's been a pretty action-packed show. We've covered a lot of bases here. Yeah, and uh, I think for the we've got a few minutes left for the last segment of the show, and I kind of wanted to touch on a few interesting things that are happening in the 
legislative world, the political world. I mean, you know, not everybody loves to hear about politics, but um, sometimes there are things that are just too important to overlook. Yeah, this is what uh, impacts you at home. So one of the things that we talk about all the time on this show is, and you don't hear a lot about it elsewhere, you're starting to a little bit more, but is this new push to broaden child labor, to bring children back to the workforce. And uh, the latest development in this, uh, you know, tragic saga is the state of Arkansas, which uh, the governor is Sarah Sanders. You may remember her as uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the former press secretary for Donald Trump. How could you forget her? You really, you know, you you can't forget Sarah Sanders. No. Once you, once you, you know, you just can't forget. But, Fuck. yeah, she, um, she uh, signed a law in the state of Arkansas called the Youth Hiring Act of 2023. That's what it's called. The, the Youth, Youth Hiring, Hiring Act. Act of 2023. As, as though it's a good thing. Um, but what it does essentially is it removes any sort of work permit requirement for workers who are younger than 16 in the state of Arkansas. Uh, there's no more parental approval required. There's no more proof of age required uh, to get a job through the state. They used to have a, a permitting process. We have the same in Illinois. Um, yeah. But uh, they're just they're doing away with it. I and mean, that just sounds like something from a third world country. Like, what is? Yeah, we're removing going on? removing barriers yeah. to let our kids go back to work. If your problem was you couldn't get your parents to yeah. allow you to go to work, yeah, we're just cutting your parents out of it. Govern- yeah. gov- government must know better than parents, right? And we know how greedy companies are. I mean, it's just that's not a stereotype. They just are. I mean, everyone's beholden to their shareholders, to their bottom lines, whatever it is. So you know they're going to exploit these kids. Right. <laughs> these kids are absolutely going to go work slave hours for no money. I mean, it's Well, all the adults, scary. as we were saying in the last segment, all the adults must be uh, willing to go on strike. So they're looking for kids uh, to come to work. <laughs> Don't tell your parents, kids. Just uh, come on down to the factory. Um, is it like 40-hour work week? Like just... Yeah, I think yeah. It's, there, 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 aren't, uh, there aren't really restrictions on it. Did they, uh, did they change anything about the wages because i know in other like here like you can pay someone under the 18 less than a minimum wage i believe right i'm not sure i didn't know that yeah i think so i i don't know if That's they did I anything with minimum wage yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> underpaying your babysitter you no heard, we pay our top this dollar a, this is a scandal you heard it here first we pay our top dollar. um but i know in in uh, other states i think it's iowa if you go to work in a factory uh under age 16 it's as part of a, a government program and to be a part of that, you have to sign away all rights to go after a company if you're hurt or killed. Oh, my so God. So it's like a special permit program that lets these kids go to work in yeah. factories, manufacturing, meat processing. And if they get hurt, their families can't even go after the companies for damages. So uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, man, it's been a long morning. Arkansas, put them Arkansas. on the list. Arkansas. That's actually probably a pretty good nickname for them. Arkansas? Yeah, we'll figure something out. To it sounds pretty authentic. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if Arkansas was Ar- going to Arkansas progress. Yeah. Well, we're working on it, folks. But, uh, <laughs> That's a work in progress. Yeah, we're, we're off to a really strong start here. But Arkansas, I don't know. If you care about your kids, don't move there. Um, and then are- do yourself a favor and look up the picture of the bill signing <laughs> and the look on those yeah. kids' faces. They look like they have just seen a ghost. For sure. Because they're supposed to be there as the token children to give Sarah Huckabee Sanders a high five for allowing them to work right. under the age of 18. They look terrified. They look so scared These to be there. These kids don't want to go yeah, to work. You, yeah. you compare it with the old pictures when they would sign laws that got kids out of factories. Right. And the kids are there. They're going you know, back in. And they're they're smiling and they're happy. And now <laughs> we're signing laws to send them back in and the kids are just like, what? I want to go to school. In the right to work state. Go yeah, figure. I'm never never going to learn my uh, multiplication tables if I uh, have to go to work. So. Yeah. But well, They'll all go work at Walmart. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, these uh, states, our, our boy Ron DeSantis is doing, uh, you know, he's trying to put work requirements on uh, disabled people who are on Medicaid. It's one of these, if you're going to get federal federal funding or federal, federal aid, uh, yeah. you have to go to work, depend, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you have physical limitations. So yeah, basically, they, need, they need to be knocked down a peg, those right? people yeah. who have disabilities, you know, yes. just living eye in the hog, yeah. Yeah, DeSantis is basically saying, even those who can't work must work, you know, um, <laughs> and that's why he is... Is uh, the distant second, uh, you know, candidate? But all this stuff that he does to try to pick up points that hasn't worked it's not so working. far, yeah, it still stays on the books. Yeah. So it's just collateral damage, uh, and I, I hate to see it. So now he's just being mean for no reason. It's yeah. not winning him any favors. I, I think we can officially call him an, an enemy of the show. <laughs> enemy of the show, Ron DeSantis. If you're listening, we don't like you. We challenge you. Yeah. So, um, and then finally, I guess one uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on were running low on time but uh the carpenters you guys have been pushing uh you you got a wage theft bill passed in illinois yeah. you've been making some progress on that strength yeah you, right? the governor just signed uh, another bill that uh we sponsored uh which requires uh all contractors and subcontractors to post the uh illinois wage payment and collection act at all job sites okay uh and that uh legislation just kind of sets mandates for when workers should be paid Biweekly, there's a few exceptions for, for, for monthly work. And it also uh, limits and requires consent from workers on when there will be deductions taken out of their paychecks. Okay. Because we've run into situations before uh, when we do certified payroll on uh, prevailing wage work where we'll look at the payroll for a company, um, and it, it looks above board because you look at what they're paying wages and benefits, and you're like, okay, that seems like they're paying what is the prevailing wage, which is a.k.a. kind of like the union rate right. uh, in a particular area. And then we found in one contract that we were going after, uh, they had another column that said other. Mm-hmm. And basically in the other column, they were taking out like half the employee's earnings. Right. We did some digging, and it turns out that they were saying, well, that was for uh, use of uh, company equipment, use of company employee uh company automobiles wow and basically just robbing these people yeah. and that money was going right back into the contractor's pocket yeah so this is this law basically prevents any of that from happening so we're pretty happy about it no that's great i mean it's really smart because you can you can put together a law that stops uh folks from having their wages stolen by their employer but this is great because at least there you are told what your wage is supposed to be yep what they can take how yep. often they can take it so at least you know what you're supposed to be getting because you know, if you don't know for sure what you're supposed to be getting paid or when it's supposed to be taken out of your check or what deductions there are, you know, you're just, uh, you know, you can't really say anybody's stealing from you if you don't know for sure. So Exactly. So great. it's kind of like a Surgeon General's warning at job sites. Yeah. Here's how uh, you're not getting ripped off. Well, that's great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's good to see these. this has continued to be strengthened uh, by the Carpenters. So hats off to you guys. Thank you. Uh, and with that, I think we are just about out of time for this week. So uh, finally, uh, one more time, if you've seen Ken, you know, tell him to call us. We miss him dearly. Miss you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you so much again for, uh, for coming in today, Phil. My pleasure. And thank you to all the listeners for sticking with us hope you enjoy a beautiful sunday here and uh, it's been a pleasure we'll talk to you next week right here on 720 wgn the preceding episode of the workers mike was powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by megan financial premise health and voya financial for additional information and podcasts of the workers mike visit wgnradio.com